Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Okay, um, a bit conclusion, I don't know. We want to start, I mean, to continue from uh, where we stopped last week. Again, we're looking at uh, the 144,000, and this is part number 10. It's going to be a long series, because so many things are there that we're trying to unravel. So again, uh, the main text is Revelation 14, verse number 1. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Revelation 14 again, verse number 1, and it says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on my Zion, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And that's what we're dealing with. And last week, with Amina, yes, we tried to talk about the, the numbers that were sealed in the Revelation 7. And... Uh, we try to expressly state that it's not dealing with uh, literal numbers. Amen? Praise the Lord. We said they are not dealing with literal numbers. And uh, it's more or less what you call spiritual Israel, not literal Israel. You know, that the way people have taken it before, that Revelation 7 is speaking about literal Israel which could join with Revelation 14 talks about the numbers that will be sealed but this is beyond literal Israel this is basically spiritual Israel hallelujah um, well, let's look at numbers chapter chapter 1 and uh, we'll look at verse, uh, verse let's, let's look at verse what verse we're going to look at now 4 and 5 <laughs> and then 16 you can take it from a simpler translation uh, Numbers chapter 1, 4. Now go to maybe NIV or NLT. Okay. And you will be assisted by one family leader from each tribe. I want you to understand that. Okay. Getting the census of the children of Israel. Okay. The next thing. <laughs> Verse number 5. These are the tribes and the name of the leaders who will assist you. Note that. Tribe leaders, Reuben, Eliezer, son of Issachar, and so on and so forth. I mean, Sedum. Is that okay? So the key point of what I want you to see there is the word assist. That we assist you. Okay, again, move to verse 16. It said... These are the chosen leaders of the community, the leaders of the ascensor tribes, the head of the clans of Israel. God said, bring these people. What is the purpose? That they might stand with Moses in assisting him administratively. Amen? They were to assist Moses in the administration of the community of Israel. That was the purpose. By implication, they're going to stand with Moses. So again, I'm trying to repeat the fact that those 144,000 will find Revelation 14 
they are to stand with who? With Jesus. For what purpose? For the administration of the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright. Let's look at this again from that's Revelation 14, Amplified Translation. Let's look at verse. Uh, uh, I'm going to take for you. Okay. Take it again, Revelation 14, verse 1, Amplified Translation. And it said, Then I saw, Amplified Translation, I said, Revelation 14, verse 1, we can get it. Then I looked, and behold, the Lamb stood on Mount Zion, and within 144 men. That's what I wanted to pick. Who had his name and his father's name inscribed on what? Their forehead. Men. Praise God. So, this 144,000 are referred to or seen as men. But that is not to say is gender oriented by implication women are not involved that's not exactly what i'm trying to say i'll make you see a scripture on that many scripture speaks of maturity i want you to get that amen look at first corinthians 14 verse 20 many scripture speaks of maturity one for the four thousand men all right so first corinthians 14 20 Brethren, being on children in understanding, how be it a mallet be ye children, but in understanding be what? Be men. So man speaks of maturity. It's not gender thing. Hallelujah. Look at First Timothy 2 verse number 8. Hallelujah. First Timothy 2 verse number 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without rod and doubting. Men praying now. I remember when <laughs> we younger the faith, we had a meeting. It was like a night vigil. And the pastor that was conducting, actually our overseer. And then we wanted to pray and he said, all the women put your hands down. The Bible said only men should lift up their holy hands. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? So women, your hands were down. We were the men, you know, whether you are a child or whatever, but as long as you are a man, you lift up your hand. I mean, that was wonderful, isn't it? But you see, man speaks of understanding, maturity. That's what it means. He's not talking about male or female. And so the 144,000 that are standing with him on Mount Zion, whether the child, are mature people. That's all. Amen? Okay. Look at Ephesians again. Ephesians 4, verse number 8. <coughs> Sorry. In reference to the, um, the five four ministries, uh, let's look at just verse number 8. Remember, he gave gift unto men, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers. Is that okay? Right. For the perfection of the saints. But verse 8 is very important. Therefore, he said, when he ascended up, let us have a said, okay, on high, he led up to the captive and gave gift unto men. The gift you're going to find as we move down to verse 11, which are the five of ministry. He gave gift unto who? 
unto men. Now the purpose of this gift we know. Look at verse 13. Uh, let's say verse 12. Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The purpose. Okay. Then, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What happens when we are perfect? Perfect man. Perfect man doesn't mean individual. Perfect man we speaks of the man, Jesus Christ. Is that okay? Talking about the man, the man, Christ Jesus. Understand the language. Okay. So, next thing. And he said, that we henceforth, this is the key, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by with every wind of doctrine, but it's like of men and cunning crafting whereby they lie in way to do what? To deceive. So, if we are not children, what's the next thing? We are men. So, the Bible ministry is made to mature the saints so that they are no longer children. Remember what Paul said, 1 Corinthians 14 20. As children be mali, but as men be understanding. Is that okay? Praise God. Now remember what we're saying. The 144,000 said they were men that were meant to assist who? Jesus Christ. So we're talking about mature people that are supposed to stand to assist the Lord in the administration of his church. Exactly the way it was with Moses, like we find in Numbers chapter 1, 4, 5, and then verse 16. Amen. So this is simple enough. And uh, as we are blessed by the Bible ministry, the purpose is to bring the church to the place of maturity. It's only a stupid father. Let me tell you this. It's only a stupid father will give a loaded pistol, like a toy, to a child, maybe on Christmas Day. You go get a loaded pistol, bring it from the room, and give it to the child and say, this is your Christmas toy, or this is your Christmas gift. What are you expecting the child to do? He will kill. Is that okay? Okay, you have a child who is just five years old, uh, let me say three, 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 four, three, four years old, and then you say, "Oh, because you are so rich," and then you you go to the shop, get a car, and then you came back. So this is your Christmas gift, and then you give the gift unto the child, and then you put on the engine and say, "Take, drive. This is your car." What are you expecting? You're only killing the child because he can't control the car. The engine is too powerful for the child to manage, to manipulate, to control, to drive. So, what I'm trying to make you understand is God will not give authority and power to people who are not matured in the spirit. He's not going to let his house be run by those who are not matured. He's not going to let his church be controlled by those who are not matured in the spirit. Now, maturity is not speaking about natural age. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I need you to understand that these administrative purposes, the one body four thousand, they are meant to join the Lord in the administration of the church. By implication, you have a role to play in that in the things which God is doing right now on the face of the earth. Don't you forget, the church is not just your local assembly. The church is within the body of Christ. All children of God put together and mix up the church. Is that okay? So we're talking of the role you can play within the entire structure of the body of Christ. This is where the one body four thousand comes in. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Okay. You find that this mature promises was also given uh, to the apostles. Look at Matthew chapter 19. Let me show you that. Verse 27, 28. 
Matthew 19, 27, 28. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and follow thee. What shall we have thereafter? What's going to be our gift? What are you going to bless us with? Hallelujah. What's the next thing? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, That ye which have followed me in the regeneration, When the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, Ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, Judging, what? The twelve tribe of Israel. Get together. These twelve apostles who have followed Jesus, Will come to the place of maturity, They will become judges. Administratively, assisting Jesus now in running his church. Hallelujah. Okay, look at example 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 6. And then verse 15. 4 Samuel 7, verse 6, verse 15. Hallelujah. And the Bible says. And they gathered together to Mizpah and draw water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. Go to verse 15. Verse 15 says, And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. Go to chapter 8 verse 1. And Samuel the son. And it came to pass. When Samuel was old. That he made the son. What judges over Israel. They together. So what does it mean to judge Israel? It means he ruled Israel. Or governed Israel. On behalf of God. So when. Jesus told the twelve. You shall be judges over twelve thrones. What is that supposed to mean? You're going to be rulers. You're going to be administrative people over the church. And guess what? Peter actually exhibited that primarily as one among the first on the day of Pentecost. When he came out and gave that uh, long passage, uh, what I would call sermon, uh, chapter 1. He was judging Israel. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so that's the one for 4,000 are meant to be judges. So it brings you to the place of maturity. You can see what is right and wrong. You can definitely be able to put certain things right within the body of Christ. The truth is this. Even within your local assembly, God expects you to mature to a place where you can be able to administratively assist even the pastor. Get that right. You are not meant to be a child, a baby, all the days of your life in the church. No. Exactly what Jesus was telling them. You get to the place of maturity, then you come to become judges. Hallelujah. So the one for the four thousand were meant to be judges to assist Christ in the administration of his church globally or on the face of the earth. And I'm saying that includes you and I. Praise the Lord. So the promise of this administration was fulfilled when the Holy Ghost poured out, like I said before, on the apostles in the upper room. Uh, that's why we say gave gift unto men. 
So the key word for your understanding, what I'm trying to say from the passage, is the word regeneration in that uh, Matthew 19. Let me show that to you. In Matthew 19, when we read that, is that okay? It's really talking about 27, 28. That's what I said before. Is that all right? Okay, look at it from the Amplified Translation. Matthew chapter 7. I mean chapter 19. Look at 27, 28. And Peter answered him, saying, Behold, we have left our all our all and have become your disciples. What is that? Sided with your party and followed you. What then shall we receive? And he says, Jesus said unto them, Truly I say to you, in the new age, and he called that the regeneration. In the new age, the messianic rebirth of the world, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, you who have become my disciples shall do what? Sided with my party and followed me. We also sit on twelve thrones and judge the twelve tribes of Israel. They're together. Now you're saying this is your reward. Okay. Go to chapter 10 of Matthew again. And amplify as well. Look at verse 22-23. Hallelujah. And it says, And you will be hated by all for my sake, my name's sake, but he who perseveres and endures to the end will be saved from spiritual diseases and death in the world to come. When you talk about the world to come, you must understand. He's talking about the new age, which is the age of the Holy Spirit. What's the next thing? When they persecute you in one town, that is, pursue you in a manner that will injure you and cause you to suffer because of your belief. Flee to another town. For truly, I tell you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Now this scripture is very, very powerful for all to understand when we talk about the coming of Christ. Often and again, what we know in the church is about what we call first and second coming, which in the first place is not scriptural. That's not like first and second coming. Is that okay? Christ has always been coming. The coming as a child was to put away sin. That was just one phase. The coming of the Holy Spirit is another phase. I've proved it to you here before. Second Corinthians. We can just switch there. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. Look at this. Now, the Lord is that spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. In Acts chapter 2, the scripture says, Let all Israel know. Chapter 1. Let all Israel know 
that that same Jesus whom you crucify God have made both Lord and Christ Paul now writes and now the Lord is that spirit what spirit he's describing a particular spirit which is the spirit that came down on the day of Pentecost the Lord is that spirit so when he told them Matthew 10 23 keep on running you will not have feeling running through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man come, he was referring to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That was fulfilled. Hallelujah. Are you getting that? Okay. So it's important you understand this uh, so that you can be able to be abreast of what we're dealing with in relation to the 144,000 becoming what? Judges. Amen? Now, one of the ways back which you find that um, Peter became a judge or manifested the judgment unto Israel is part of the things he preached. But basically, let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38. Acts chapter 2, 37, 38. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And I like the language there. Men and brethren. Remember, the 144,000 are supposed to be men. And what are men supposed to be doing? To assist in judgment or in the judging or in the administration. So here is a confession. Men and brethren. The first referred to it as men. Men with understanding. Children keep malice. Men have understanding. Is anybody getting this? Paul said, when I was a child, I speak like a child. But when I become a man, I put away childish sin. Now, they have become men by reason of having received the Holy Spirit. They are passed from childishness to that of men. So the first address was men. Hallelujah. What shall we do? Men and brethren. Brethren, relation to being one in the body of Christ, they have the Holy Spirit now. So we are now brethren. Very nice. But now they are addressing the judges. What's the best epitaph for the judges? Men. Hallelujah. What shall we do? So we get 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of what? Of the Holy Ghost. That's the judgment. What he promised them, what he promised them in mighty 19 is what is now manifesting right here. Is that okay? It's like you can say they were not dispensing justice to the people. From what Peter was doing here, the whole of Israel was sitting in the law court, and Peter was a judge. And he passed a judgment. But the Bible said they were pricked at heart. That means they were guilty. Guilty as charged. Is that okay? Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter offered them what is supposed to be done. So judgment is not for condemnation. We have always seen judgment in the church to be condemnation. When God shall come to judge the world. When God shall come to judge the world. You understand that? Judgment is not for condemnation. Hallelujah. For when that judgment are upon the earth, the inhabitant of the earth will learn righteousness. 
Judgment is not for condemnation. It makes people to become righteous. But the church have no understanding about this. Hallelujah. That's not what the Bible teaches. It doesn't teach judgment to be condemnation. No. Hallelujah. Are we here? So that was judgment passed on the wicked generation in that time of the regeneration with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When God returned unto them, in quote, Jesus came. So the time or the age of regeneration is the age of the Holy Ghost. I need you to get that. And it's important you know this. Go with me to Titus chapter 3, verse number 5. Look at the Amplified Translation. Titus 3, verse number 5. Remember what he told them. In the time of the regeneration, you shall see it on the throne, judging the great tribe of Israel. Don't forget, we're dealing with the 144,000 who are referred to as men in the Amplified Translation. Is that okay? Right. And so, look at this. Bible says he saved us. Not because of any work of righteousness that we have done. But because of his own pity and mercy. By the cleansing birth of the new birth. Regeneration and renewing of what? Of the Holy Ghost. Regeneration and renewing. Okay, take it from King James so that maybe look at the King James. Not by works. Okay, go to verse number four. But after that, the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By what? The washing of regeneration and renewing of what? The Holy Ghost. So look at the promise in 1919, 27, 28. In the time of the regeneration, you shall sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribe of Israel. Did you get that? So what time is the time of regeneration? The time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Is it making sense to you? Okay, good. So now, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes, this is where the church gets confused about the whole process of what God is doing. This is the time of regeneration. Now, the twelve tribe were now being judged by the 12 apostles. Are you following that? Okay, if that is the case, what happened to Jesus? Because the promise in verse 28, after the question of verse 27, he said, when I'm sitting on my throne, you also shall sit on 12 thrones. So, is Jesus on his throne or not? He's on his throne. It's not when he comes again that he's going to be on the throne. It's right now on his throne. And that is what, 2,000 years ago, guess what? When the Holy Spirit came, every promise he made in Matthew 19, 27, 28 was fulfilled. And the 12 apostles assumed their role as judges, just like Israel was being judged by Samuel. They were dispensing justice. They were dispensing the truth. But can I tell you something? Even though they are dead, even though they are buried, even though they have gone, up to this hour, they are still judges even in the spiritual Israel. How do I mean? Because you read their letters. Their letters become the sentence by which you execute the righteousness of God upon the face of the earth. So, when something happens, according to Peter, according to James, James chapter 5, what are you quoting? 
you are making reference to the document of a judge with which you use in passing judgment onto certain people at part time. You go to the law court and the judge will look at it, look in the case, okay, fine, I've had your testimony, I've had your witness, but according to this case, you follow what I'm trying to say? They make reference according to the law, according to the constitution, they are using document to pass judgment. Okay, the constitution says if you kill, you have to be sentenced to five years imprisonment. According to the sentence that is written in the constitution, I therefore sentence you seven years imprisonment according to the law. That is the role of the judge. What does the judge do? He uses the document on ground, which is the law of the land, to pass judgment on the culprits or the guilty. Are you following me now? So what is the apostle doing even now? They're using their document. And guess what? Oh, help me now. You're moving from their using, I mean, their just their position of being judges to you now becoming the position of a judge. How? Because you are handling the document that they put down. The document was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, when you pick the Bible and you begin to read through the Bible, you see, this is where the scriptures say, if you judge yourself, you have no one to do what? To judge you. First Corinthians 11. If we judge ourselves, we will not be condemned with the war. Have you read that before? How do you judge yourself? Reading the Bible, understanding what the scripture is saying about you. You're judging yourself through the word. And who are the people that put down this word? The apostles. Through the Holy Spirit. So you are using their document as a valid document to judge every situation. Are you following me? Praise God. <laughs> Can you follow what I'm saying here? Remember the 144,000. So I'm not referring to certain people. That one day we'll be the only ones sitting somewhere. The way we've been taught before. You know, up in heaven. Uh, and other ones say, oh, no. They're going to be in Jerusalem when Jesus set up his kingdom. And they taught time. Funny. You know, the Lord inspired me to start doing the work today on Facebook. On where is paradise. And I was sharing that with my wife. I asked her the question, where do you think paradise is? <laughs> you know, they come out and understand that paradise is. It's, it's a state between heaven and, and earth where you die, you wait until resurrection. What a fallacy. That's not scripture. Hallelujah. You know, when, when, for instance, when they look in Luke 23 or so, when the thief told Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember that? And Jesus said, Today that shall with me. Where? In paradise. What do you think he was talking about? If you take time to read your scripture, Isaiah 51, for instance, and then um, Ezekiel 36, or 34, 36, you'll be able to see precisely how that the world was made. Like God was saying, I'm going to turn Israel to Eden, to paradise. I'll bring in the spirit of joy and happiness, suffering with God. In the case of Ezekiel 36, he said, I'm going to clean out the iniquities in Israel. I'll wash you clean. I was the next thing that happened. I'll turn you to Eden. All those prophecies were there. And the thief had been reading those things in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew letters. And they knew in Israel that when the kingdom comes, Jesus will sit on the kingdom. The thief understood exactly that this is the Messiah they were waiting for. So he said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And what's the next thing that Jesus said? Today, that shall be with me where? In paradise. Because I'm going to be establishing my kingdom. 
when I get out of the cross, the Holy Ghost comes. By implication, you're joining up with the camp of those who belong to the kingdom of God. Instantly, he was born again. By implication, God admission into God's kingdom. Are you following me? Praise God. So, judgment, I'm saying, is not always for condemnation. No, no, don't, 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 don't miss that. So, I taught you in the time of the Holy Spirit, here are the children of Israel, I mean the disciples, they become judges at the time of regeneration. Jesus himself sat on the throne. So, it's not waiting for one day to come when he comes a second time. And that's what people think about. You know, build a temple in Jerusalem. You know, the third temple with the uh, the, the, the blood of the high fire, the arches of the high fire, all of those stories. And okay, no, so donate so that we can build the temple and God's going to reward you. And then the money keep flying in there. No. No. Everything about Jerusalem, the Bible refers to them as bondage. Galatians 4. So the Jerusalem that now is the bondage with our children. There's nothing there. Sorry. Hallelujah. As far as the worship of God is concerned. And I told us here the other time. They don't even believe in Jesus. So. If Jesus comes back to Jerusalem. They will kill him. They will kill him again. They won't stop killing him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. So. We see that in Revelation 7. The sealing of the twelve spiritual Israel. Is the indwelling power of the Holy Ghost. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, I just want you to get that. And uh, how do I take this from here again for you now? Yeah, the selling of the Holy Spirit is the indwelling, indwelling power. Uh, let's look at Ephesians 1. But that will be too much of a long reading. Uh, let's look at the last three verses of Ephesians 1. Let's just look at that. Ephesians 1, the last three verses. You can just give that to us. Let's look. Otherwise, I wanted to read up to 1 to 14, but that's too long. Ephesians 1. Can you get Ephesians? Chapter 1. All right. And the Bible says, And I put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to be to the church. Is that okay? Which is his body? The fullness of him that filleth all in all. The church is his body. Okay, go to verse 20. Let's read from verse 20. Perhaps we'll be able to get some things there. Uh, okay, sorry, verse 19. So that I can connect. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? You're talking about, maybe we'll rush through the whole chapter. <laughs> so that I can make sense. So go to verse 1. Let's just take the whole chapter. We might have to end up with that. Okay. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the same which are the officers and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm trying to make you understand that 144,000 and the ones that were sealed in Revelation 7. Remember the 12 tribe that were sealed in Revelation 7. They are all speaking about the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. The seal is that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Is that okay? Alright. Grab it to you and peace from our God, Father, 
and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 3 says, Blessed be the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And then he says, According to him, according to as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, we should be doesn't mean it is what you do. It is what he has done. He chose you in holiness. He chose you to be blameless. You need to get that. Okay. That's not the emphasis today. Verse number six. And he says, okay, verse five. Having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Predestination is not what befalls you when certain things happen. The common way of teaching predestination is for, well, some people are predestined to die in an accident. That is not biblical predestination. I've dealt with predestination here before. Remember that? Good. It has to do you conforming to the image of his likeness. Okay. To the praise of the glory of his praise, wherein he had made us acceptable in what? In beloved. Then he says, in what we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And this, uh, he said, wherein he had abandoned towards us in all wisdom and prudence and having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath proposed in himself mystery of his will is Christ in you the hope of glory okay and then the whole Gentiles coming together that in the dispensation on the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ both in heaven and things which are on earth even to him Verse 11 says, In whom we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who had all things according to the counsel of his own will. Alright? Okay. That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Remember, who first trusted. Meaning, others will also get to, what, to do what? To trust. Okay. Alright? In whom also you trusted, after that you have the world of truth the gospel of our salvation in whom also after that you believe you were sealed that's what i'm looking for with what the holy spirit of promise they're together what happened you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise don't forget that hallelujah so when we see the seal or the sealing in Revelation 7, what is that supposed to mean? It was the giving of the Holy Spirit. So when you read the 145 having their fathers and their forehead, the seal of that Revelation 7 equals the same thing. These are mature people operating with the grace of the Holy Spirit. Their spirit is sealed. Every one of you is sealed by what? The Holy Spirit of promise. That's what I want you to see. He called us himself. We are standing with him right now on Mount Zion and we have the seal of the Holy Spirit within us. Praise the Lord. Do you understand that? The seal of the Holy Spirit shows that you belong to him. The seal of the Holy Spirit empowers you or have brought you to the place of you being his possession. He owns you right now. He has his seal over your life. He has a seal on your forehead. You are now a property of God in Christ Jesus. 
Those of us who first trusted. And because we first trusted, we received the seal of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So when we're talking about 144,000 being sealed, we're talking about the group that were sealed in Revelation 14, we're dealing with those who received the Holy Spirit in the days of regeneration. It's as simple as that. When the regeneration had come, he told the twelve, you're going to see it on twelve tribe of Israel, judging the twelve, I mean, you're going to see it on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribe of Israel. And Titus 3, 5 tells us precisely the time of regeneration is the time of the outpouring of what? Of the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He seals you that you are not a property of God. And what is the excess of that? Those who are sealed and are standing with him to assist him in the administration of his church. By implication, you have a right, you have a privilege to be an administrator. You are empowered by reason of the Holy Spirit to be able to do what you are supposed to do. So, let's go to verse 22 and, okay, take it from verse 20 very quickly. When I said, which he wrote, sorry, go to verse 19. Go to verse 19. Take it from 19 now. I'll see. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Where is the mighty power? Within us. Okay. The next thing. Which he wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and assailed him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Remember, where are we sitting in Ephesians 2 verse number 6? We are sitting together with him where? In heavenly places. Okay. What's the next thing? Verse 21. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to do what? To come. And this is very interesting. You need to understand something here very precisely. If you are sitting and, and sitting with Christ and Christ above all principality, it would be stupid for us to start thinking that there is something that will supposed to oppress us called the devil. All principalities and powers, the Bible says, have been placed on the feet. We are sitting together with Christ in the heavenly places. We are above all powers. In fact, the ministry that project witches and wizards and project demons and project all manner of, you know, entities to be things that are oppressing you, they are all nonsense. They are not doing the work of the ministry. You are supposed to be raised to be above those things. As a matter of fact, you should continue to be looking down. What did I mean by that? Have you seen a situation where people say, you're just looking down on me? Have you, have, have you heard that before? What does it mean to look down on you? That is, you are trying to say, the person trying to say you are mean, you are not, you are not somebody, you, are, you understand that? You are not up to standard, you are just looking down on me. Now I'm going to tell you, keep on looking down on the devil. You say, how? Because you are sitting together with Christ where? In the heavenly places. You are above the devil is below. Keep looking down. You should put this in your room. Keep looking down. Meaning, you are looking from your position that you are occupying. What position? Position of authority, power, above principalities and powers. But you see, church is projecting the devil above the saints of God, above the power of God. People not knowing where they are seated. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. And I put all things under his feet. Whose feet? Jesus' feet. 
Where is his feet? The feet is his body. We are his body. He is the head. The feet is right under what? We are his feet. We are his body. Therefore, the feet, everything is under our feet. Which is the church. Many in the church meant to have dominion. I've always said this to you people. If a pastor can have power to cast a devil, why can't you also have power to cast a devil? It's one spirit. There is no senior Holy Spirit and junior Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit. Whatever power the, the man is using to cast a devil is also in your life. You are sealed. Somebody said, but what about grace? Yes, I admit it. There is grace. But what does that make the difference? To them that believe, you get power to become the sons of God. And this sign shall follow them that believe. He didn't say the sign shall follow apostle, prophet, and evangelist. Hallelujah. Put all things on his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. To who? To the church. Hallelujah. Which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. Take this slide first from Amplified. Hallelujah. Which is his body? What is his body? The church. The fullness of him who fill all in all. For the, that body leaves the full measure of him who makes everything complete. And who fills everything everywhere with what? With himself. Hallelujah. With himself. Take this last verse from message translation. Jesus is filling everything in the universe with himself, but through the church, through you and I. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body, in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with what? With his presence. So, if you want Christ to fill the whole world, you are just simply saying, let Christians fill the whole world. Wherever there is a child of God, the presence of God is supposed to manifest there. Hallelujah. So, you know what? We carry his presence wherever we go. You got to have that understanding. You step into an office, the presence of God is there. You're distributing his presence of God. In your family, you're distributing the presence of God. Wherever you find yourself, there ought to be a distribution of God's presence. Because the glory is on your inside. The power that raised him from the grave is on your inside. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. What am I saying? The wonder of 44,000 sealed has to do with the presence or the power of what? The Holy Spirit. And it's resident on your inside. The whole thing started right from the day of Pentecost. That was the promise of Jesus for the disciples to sit on thrones, to become judges, to judge the tribe of Israel. And so when you arise or you rise to that level of being a man, the men that are filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, what happened? You become judges right now, right where you are, in your home, in your office. In the city, in the market, you are judges making known the presence, the glory, the righteousness, and the justice of who? Of Christ. You fill the whole earth with what? With his presence. 
Through the church, he acts and he speaks. Hallelujah. So when you are speaking, he is the one speaking. Amen. Praise the living God. And that's exactly how the apostle judged Israel on the day of Pentecost. When Peter began to speak, the men said, Brethren, men and brethren, what shall we do? The past judgment. What was the judgment? Repent and be baptized. Receive the gift of what? Of the Holy Spirit. That is what you find that Simon was doing in first Samuel, like we said before. He wasn't condemning Israel. The Bible says Samuel judged Israel. Is that not true? Alright. He wasn't going to condemn the people. But he was bringing the justice of God to the people. As you make people to understand Christ, as you make people to understand the mind of Christ, you pass a judgment. That's what it means. Praise the living God. God bless you. See you again next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.